Inspiration now in session. Inspire guys, people. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. Guys, people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggle to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your genes. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. Leadership is not all fun and games. Look, I'm sorry, I had to say it, man. I know it's a lot of people out here, especially on social media, branding leadership as like this fun and exciting, like, oh, I'm having fun. I'm leading the flock. And it's not just people that lead, quote unquote, the flock. You know, that's like church terminology. I don't know why we get saved and think we got to use certain words like decree and declare. I decree and declare. Like You don't even know what a decree is outside of just saying it that way because you heard it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just joking. Y'all keep decreeing and declaring and all that stuff. But it cracks me up. I got a lot of churchy friends. And man, I be laughing so hard. Like, why you got to talk? Like, why you have to use that word? Like, words like breakthrough. Like, people think when they use that word, like, woo, breakthrough. Like, you said that word. That's the only word God understand, huh? Anyway, let me move on before I get in trouble. People are branding leadership as this fun and exciting thing. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that leadership can't be fun and exciting. But I'm a person that loves branding, but I really like authentic branding because I think that's the heart of what branding is supposed to be. Like, it's not supposed to just be making something seem like something is not. It's supposed to be capturing the true essence of what something really is. So leadership just happens to be one of those things that I'm talking about because I know I'm talking to a lot of leaders. Like, I know that People who are listening to this show, whether it be in your profession, in your career, that you're a manager, um, an executive, or growing and being groomed to be that, or if you're an entrepreneur and like you really are a leader, like you own your own business and you're making all these decisions. And so I'm talking to those people who are either there and you're going to feel what I'm saying, or the people who aspire to be there. And I want to keep it 100 with you because I don't want you to think that something is something that is not. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think so many times, like, that's what we doing to people. We making people think something is a whole different thing. And then they get there and they disappointed. Like, yo, you told me, like, when I gave my life to Christ, it was just going to be, like, all fun and games and easy and, like, no hard decisions, no tough days. Like, people do that with marriage. Like, oh, I ain't know you was, like, going to have disagreements and have to have, you know, talks and communication. I thought I'd just get to pick my dream person and we post a picture of each other at the beach with a long caption about how much we love each other and how safe we are. And then we live happily ever after. That's the world we live in. Look, because of all this branding and marketing and all this stuff, these images coming at us, look, I enjoy some of that stuff to a certain extent. 
But I like to pull back sometimes and be like, all right, hold on. Let's talk about this. Let's really think about leadership. I'm going to tell you just five things about leadership. Five random things just that I believe kind of are important in leadership. Some of them are characteristics or traits, requirements, whatever it may be. But we're going to talk about these five things. First things first, leadership can be a lonely position. So lonely is the word we're dealing with here. I'm the oldest of nine kids. That means out of all nine of us, I'm the only one that didn't have a big brother or big sister. Like that's a, that's a semi-lonely position because I can just tell you simply, I got brothers where I was their barber since they was five. Like I cut their hair for free. You know what I'm saying? I gave them Jordans. Like, and I'm not the kind of person that give away stuff when it's old and when it's crusty and ain't, you know, of no use. I like to give away things when they can still be appreciated. And so it's like just simply like something like that. Like, yo, I used to tell them all the time, like, I didn't have a me. Like, I ain't have a brother to be like, yo, here go a polo shirt. You know what I'm saying? So I had to rock the Olo boy. You feel what I'm saying? Like, I had the man, like, on the side of the horse. Homeboy wasn't even on the horse on the shirt. Like. My man walking the horse. <laughs> I used to look down at my, at my shirt at the logo like, bro, would you get on? You know what I'm saying? We at school right now. Would you get on this horse? Because <laughs> you making me look bad right now, bro. Ride the horse, man. Anyway, homeboy was tied. <laughs> I had the, the, the tied polo man. You know what I'm saying? My man like, I'm, look, I'm just look at it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> me and my horse chilling. Me and my horse chilling. Me and my horse chilling. My point is, my brothers had that benefit. Being a leader sometimes when you're making decisions, you have to be willing to go out first. And being first can be lonely sometimes because you don't have that, you know, and, and I'm not saying that you may not have a team or you may not have a COO, uh, director of business operations or, or all these other positions. But let's think about it. They're going to come to you if you're the leader. And this is another interesting thing about leadership and part of what can make it lonely you have to be able to listen to everyone's opinions on each side. So something on the left, something on the right, get all these opinions, but still possess the ability to make your own decision. And then when you make the decision, you have to be strong enough in your convictions to be okay with everyone who disagrees with you. Lonely road, the lonely road. Lonely road. Here's the second, you know, random thing I want to throw out about leadership. You have to be focused. Listen, in life, there are so many distractions. And one of the things about being a leader is you can't always jump into all the things, even things you want to do. And normal, average people, followers, if you will, followers will be like, hey, Everybody does it. Like if you ask them, hey, why do you do this? Hey, man, everybody do this. You know what I'm saying? Everybody smoke not so I smoke. You know, that's a follower. That's a follower. Like being a leader, you have to be so focused and able to be able to withstand all the different things that's going on around you. And focus isn't as easy as you may think. I'll give you an example. I was in the mall yesterday and I noticed something about myself in the mall. First of all, like I'm, I can't dance, but 
if you catch me in the mall when the music on, I just get the rent. Oh, all right. Hey. Uh, hey. Yeah. Hey. All right. Hey, hey Jay, I see you. Right. Woo. I'm killing it right now in the studio. I just be dancing all over the place. And I found myself yesterday just rocking and like, uh, like I'm going in. And then I, like, I came to myself. I'm like, why, like, why did I just like bob to that song like I was feeling it? I don't even know this song. And then when you start listening to the words, you like, I would never listen to this song. Why is it that I could be in the mall and like something that if I was focused that I wouldn't like? It's because I'm distracted. You in the mall, there's other people walking past. You looking at clothes like, hey, hey, hey that shirt is cold. Hey, hey, hey I need them shoes. Hey, yeah. You just in the mall just looking at stuff and you feeling good because you about to spend all your money. No, I'm not. We ain't spending all our money over here. I'm just joking. Everything we bought was on sale. I'm going to tell you that right now. 65% off if you want me to be exact. Anyway, when you're distracted, you find yourself accepting things that you wouldn't normally accept. So as a leader, it's important to be focused because if you're distracted, you may make a wrong business decision that could be detrimental to your future in business. And of course, this all relates to faith as well. Number three, ain't gonna talk long about this one. To be a leader, you have to be poised. That means that there's gonna be Again, just like I said with being focused, like the focus maybe speaks more to the discipline, like in how you react to something um, for yourself. But the poise is how you project for the people that's following you. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, oh, if you the president and something crazy go down, you got to come out and do a press conference, homeboy. Well, how you going to come out? Like, it's like, man, something crazy in the world just happened. Everyone in the world is rattled and crying and going crazy. Yet, you, the one individual that has to have it all together and come and deliver a speech that is both graceful and sympathetic to what they went through, but yet confident and authoritative about what our reaction to whatever just happened is. Have you ever thought about that? Like if you were president, because look, let's just be real. Most of us, it's like if you out, let's say you at a carnival right now with your kids and Godzilla come out. Godzilla, you know what I'm saying? You're just going to be like, oh my God, come on. And you're going to run and you're going to be gone. And it's like, now we all just run around screaming like, oh, I can't do this. You got to be that person as a leader that's like, okay, things is jacked up right now. It's not like you lying to yourself and you not being honest. You just as a leader like, okay. This is a bad situation. Like, oh, this is terrible. Like, oh, this is bad. But in the midst of all that, you have to be able to say, yep, it's some bad things going on right now. But look, I'm going to rally the troops. This is what we're going to do about it. Y'all trust and follow what I'm telling y'all. You know, that's not a, a, a cute Instagram picture. Being poised. That's not always like, like everything can't just be easily like just a little picture or video. And you like, hey, I'm poised, y'all. Uh, I'm at the beach. I'm poised. Hey, I'm at the beach. Um, but like, bro, you at the beach. Ain't nothing bad happened. You ain't like, oh, all right. Let me get back on point. The number four thing is patience. Patience is important because as a leader, you're going to see and know what's best because you have foresight, right? And then at times there are going to be people that you told them the right thing to do. You guided them the right way. 
and they still messed up. As a leader, you're patient because one day you were those people. One day you messed up. One day you were the person that was hard-headed and disobedient. So leaders have this characteristic of being understanding and patient when people don't do things that they're supposed to do. And what this causes a leader to be is forgiving and graceful and sympathetic. And so a leader has all of these things, all of these qualities. It helps you understand, like, I mean, just in theory, I'm not comparing this, but in theory, like, man, look at how the Lord is. Like, we sin against God all the time, but yet he's forgiving and he's loving. And these are the characteristics we need to have. And patience is also important as a leader in your decision making. Because, again, you have foresight. And you need that because you have to be able to say, look, I'm not making a decision based on just what it is today. I'm looking at what this decision is going to lead us to, right? And leaders have that ability, which means you have to have the ability to live in the moment and outside of the moment at the very same time. And so you can't just be reacting and making decisions out of emotion and how you feel today. Man, you know how hard it is like to make a decision not based on how you feel right now? Because we all get so caught up in our feelings. Like, oh, I'm mad. So I did this because I was mad right then. Or even, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was happy or I got excited. So I did this. It's like a leader possesses that quality to be both in the moment and outside of the moment. Here's the last thing, number five, y'all. A leader is purposed. What do I mean by this purposed? It means like a leader knows where they are going. They have a purpose. They are not blind. They are not just random out here. Like they have a vision. They have a goal. Because look, if you pull it on the side of the road and ask the stranger for directions, and they're like, look, man, I have no idea where I'm going. Um, but you could follow me, though. It's like, huh? Like, yeah, I don't know where I'm going. But look, you get in your car, and I'm going to just drive out here, you know what I'm saying? Because I want to be a leader. Like, just, just follow me, bro. We about to have fun. Like, no, like a leader has to be purpose in order for people to follow you. You're going to have have to have some something like some direction, something to give them to make them want to follow. Like people aren't just going to follow you because you cute or because you have fun or you dress sweet. Like leadership is serious, man. Like, could you imagine? Like, I, I just I think about stuff this way. I try to picture it like I paint a picture in my mind. Like, OK, imagine like being a slave. It wasn't like the Underground Railroad. I'm just throwing an example. Like, Harry Tubman, I'm like, hey, you, you know, know what, what would be fun? fun? I got a good idea. If we escape, that's going to be like, no, this is serious. Like, some ideas are the difference between life and death. And this stuff really matters. Look, business, of course. But when we think about Christianity and the faith, we trying to make every part of being a Christian be fun because we want to convince people like, you can be a Christian and have fun. Look, man, that's, I'm sorry. I ain't going to get into it. That's just always been a silly thing to me. Like, look, man, I don't, I'm not about to convince you of something that ain't even a major essential part of what this is. Like, being a Christian ain't trying out for your high school basketball team. This is salvation. This is your faith. This is your life. Like, your soul at stake. You know what I'm saying? Like, look, bro, it don't mean you don't have fun as a Christian, but I, I, I'm just never been one of those type of people like, 
Let me prove to everyone that you can be a Christian and still crack jokes. Crack yeah. Jokes. Jokes. It's like, what? <laughs> Why is that even on the table? Why is that even up for de debate? Like, hey, man, you could be six feet tall and still like ice cream. Like, oh, my gosh. Thank you for giving me the okay to like ice cream. Anyway, being a leader is a serious thing. And it's not all fun and games and it's not jokes. And I'm just telling you that because if you're going to be a leader, at some point you're going to learn it anyway. And if you are a leader, you're probably tired of everybody trying to make it seem like something is not. It's like you a leader, you tired, you, your clothes ripped. You, you, you just you look worn out. You look you look bad. I'm just I just came here today to tell you you look bad and you, you want somebody to to be real about leadership. You know what I'm saying? Because you like, well, if leadership is so fun, why am I so exhausted? You know what I'm saying? It's because it ain't just fun and games. And maybe if you're only built to do something that's fun and games, ah, I don't want to say it to you like that. I'm a nice guy. But maybe you're not the leader that you thought you were. That's just, I said maybe. I'm not like, you know what I'm saying? Don't be mad at me. I'm just trying to give you these qualities and some of these things that are going to be important if you're going to lead. Because people ain't going to want to follow you and you, like, you, don't, you don't know where you're going or, you, or you're not poised. Could you imagine like something go wrong? You know, and, and, the, and the leader like, oh, my God, I don't know what we're going to do. It's like, oh, my God. Like, if the leader messed up, like, oh, look, I'm going to tell you like this. When I'm on the plane, you know who I look at? The flight attendants. Like, when that turbulence get the hitting off, I'm like, oh, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, she's still eating her little cracker and orange juice. We good. But if I look, it would, if the pilot come on that joint, like, Mayday, mayday, mayday. I don't know how to land this thing. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to be like, oh, Jesus. Oh, please, God, forgive me. Look, man, that's just reality. Leaders lead. It's time to get social. Let's get social. It's time to get social. Let's get social. Let's get social. Let's get social. God's people, it's time to head over to my Facebook page, Jermaine James. And uh, we're going to take a look at some of these comments, some of these posts, see what I've been saying, see what y'all been saying. I haven't done Let's Get Social in a few weeks, really. I think it's almost been a whole month of episodes that I haven't done this segment. And I really like this segment. So we're going to take our time today. You know, we're going to check out a few of these posts and see what y'all think. Let's get social. All right, here's the first post. It has 100 likes, 30 comments, and four shares. Here's what I said. Repeat after me. Blaming haters for everything is lame. Okay. Um... I got to say this, and I want y'all to understand something. I really am trying my best when I say certain things to be very gracious. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to come off no kind of way uh, like I'm better than somebody or something, but I also don't want to be a people pleaser. So it's like balancing that, right? Because I'm going to be, you know, keep it extra crispy with y'all and be real and tell the truth. Here's one of the things that I see a lot of today. There's a lot of especially with preachers, right? Like talking about haters. Now, I'll be the first to tell you, I understand that haters are a real thing. It really happens. Like people really do hate on you sometimes. 
But here's where it gets a little dangerous, in my opinion. I think we're focusing too much on people and, you know, their reaction to us and stuff to the point where, you know, it's like a lot of the messages, especially on Instagram, you know, the preaching clips that I'm hearing, it seems like a lot of churches, at least across America, are preaching about your haters and how they want to stop you and all this stuff. And I'm like, um, all right, let me think through this. You can't live your life playing defense based on how other people feel about you. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a weird thing to do. And then it puts you in a position to literally be competing with people or trying to prove others wrong. And my personal mantra is I'm not trying to prove others wrong. I'm trying to prove God right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just trying to be who God created me to be and, like, you know, prove that side and not really too much worry about what someone, you know, who doesn't like me or something like what they think. Here's the second part of why I think it's just dangerous to be, like, really hyper-hater focused. A lot of times we jump into haters, like, which might be, like, chapter 20 in a book, and it's like, you haven't even handled chapter one. Like, you ain't even saved yet. Like, we ain't even offering Jesus first. Like, we not even telling people what they first need to do. So when you bring somebody, introduce someone to Jesus and instantly start telling them about what's wrong with everyone else, why would I ever change? Like, if, if I don't look at in the mirror and, and start realizing that Jermaine is a sinner that needs to be saved by grace, and Jermaine needs to be set free and change some of his ways and his thinking and lifestyle and all those things. Like, if I can't look at myself in the mirror and make those changes, and you're telling me the first thing you're trying to do is get me to worry about people that I can't change, I think it's just dangerous, y'all. And so that's what that post was about. Again, man, it's not about offending people or nothing like that, but we got to be real. Like, I need to be saved first. So we got to think of that as believers especially pastors and ministers, before we getting up and preaching these words that just sound good as a share on Instagram, like it sounds super good, but it's like, look, man, are we telling people about Christ? Because here's the real part of that. You can, you know, think about your haters and never accept Jesus. Like it doesn't require you to accept Jesus to acknowledge that you have haters or all this stuff. Like the rappers talk about haters, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, I'm just trying to prioritize, like, keep our mind, like, focus on the main thing, which is, you know, Christ and salvation and looking at ourselves first before we try to look at other people. I just think we'll go further like that. You know what I'm saying? All right. Somebody mad, so let me move on to the next post. Okay, here's one. This has 123 likes, 26 comments and seven shares. I said, I'm starting to think Scam Likely has an actual call center. And since y'all can't see this, I had the smiley faces around this, which means this is a joke. But here's the thing. Scam Likely is hitting people up left and right. I'm getting calls that sounding more and more like real people, number one. They got a little script they following. And the second thing is, I'm hearing people in the background. You know how when you, you know, on the phone with a call center or something and you like hearing like the, the, the ambiance of the background. What I'm saying is like these scam likely people 
have successfully like mirrored and copied the exact experience. It's like I'm on the phone with you and you didn't made it feel exactly like that. Now, here's the crazy thing about that. As much as they need to be somewhere in jail, you know what I'm saying? And I hope, you know, nobody out there becomes a, a victim of that stuff because that's serious. If you ever had money taken out of your account and stuff, like I've had an experience before, it could be a frustrating thing. So that, that in itself is not a joke. But what was, what's tripping me out is this. These people are talented. Like in order to create that whole vibe of a call center, they transfer you over to other callers. Like a lot of time and effort and energy has been put into this. And I'm thinking like, bruh, you could have took that same energy and graduated college. Like you could have took all that effort that you put into that and did something legal. And it just makes me think like, why do we do that sometimes? Why do we put so much energy and focus into the negative and the, and the bad things, but those same people will fall asleep in the class or not do homework when clearly you are smart and talented because that's not easy. I'm talking about it's literally feeling like a call center. Thank God that the phones are starting to be able to recognize when it's a scam likely. But here's the other crazy thing about that. It's only scam likely. So it's actually starting to put some legitimate calls under that. So it's weird because I actually had to call a company this week. And well, I went on their website and requested that they call me and the call came through a scam likely. So even though I had three seconds ago requested a call, I'm so nervous about scam likely. I sent them the voicemail. Like, no, I can't mess with you, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that was the first time I experienced that. But hey, whoever out there doing a scam likely, you need to get your life right. You need to get saved, set free and delivered so that God can give you some real purpose. And, and I think the real part or lesson out of that if I was to try to pull something would be, let's make sure that our gifts are operating in our purpose because those people are operating in their gifts, but outside of their purpose. You get what I'm saying? Like they're gifted to do all that stuff. And a lot of times that's how we are. You really can't sing, but you keep singing about the wrong stuff. Like you keep singing about sin. So yes, you are really gifted, but you are outside of your purpose and the reason why God gave you that gift. And that's where we need to get back to moving on. What else I got? Okay, here's one that a lot of y'all probably going to hate me for. But I'm going to say it anyway. Stand on this mountain. And I'm going to say it out loud. This also was a joke. Had 237 likes, 159 comments, 12 shares. Here's what I said. When I hold the door and people don't say thank you, I say, you're welcome, out loud. Now, I got mixed reviews on this one. I had a lot of people, more people than I actually expected out of those comments were saying, I do that too, like, yeah, me too, all day long. But I definitely had some people um, that was mad at me. And I'm reluctant to say people's names, so I'm, I'm going to read one of them, but I'm not going to say the young lady's name because... I made her mad, so I'm going to say her comment, and we're going to talk about it. Here's what she said. Why are men looking for a thank you? 
Why are you doing it is the question. Are you doing it for claps or because you feel the need to do it? Don't look for the thank you unless that's why you're doing it. Other than that, keep doing your good deeds. They won't gun, go unnoticed if they are pure. I'm sorry, she didn't use periods, commas, nothing. So it was a struggle for me reading it. You know what I'm saying? I apologize. Basically, what she's telling me is like, bruh, why you looking for, well, let, let's say this, first of all, before I get into it. I have a problem with people who take things out of context. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe not a problem with them, a problem with the fact that some people take things out of context. First things first was I clearly have the laughing faces on here, which says this is a joke. The second thing is she brought up gender. She said, why are men looking for a thank you? And the first thing that makes me think is like, whoa, buddy, I know we're in this hyper, you know, feminine society, but it's like, look, I respect women all day long. You ain't going to never catch nothing other than respect for a woman out of me. Look, I had a girl punch me in my face in fifth grade and look at me like, what you going to do about it? And I said nothing because my mother taught me not to hit girls. So she punched me in the jaw. So that's the guy you talking to. But I got to say this, ladies. Look, we especially to the Christian ladies out there and the men, whoever, we have to be careful with all of these agendas that are being pushed out by the world, not to start getting caught up in them and elevating them above Christ. Again, I'm not trying to condemn somebody, but I'm telling y'all to be careful because I'm seeing Christians that's bugging out and turning into like disciples for gender and race and all this other stuff. And I'm telling you, it's dangerous because the people you teaming up with, the, the leaders of these organizations are not believers. So it's like, yo, you're going to start a fire that's going to end up burning you as a Christian. You get what I'm saying? So ultimately, this girl starts, she immediately, back to this comment, goes into why are men looking for a thank you? As if I was specifically pointing out opening the door for women, which I'm going to be real with you, never even crossed my mind until she said it. Like, I, I never made that post thinking, oh, women, I really made the post because it happens all the time with people. See, here's the problem. When you when you tripping on something and we talked about this as a leader, you know what I mean? You got to be you got to keep your focus and not be distracted. When you're distracted, then you start thinking people doing stuff they're not even doing. Like because you just bugged out like you tripping. So anyway, much love to the young lady. Um, thank you for commenting, for sure, even though I disagree with your, at least the first part of your comment, because you start talking about gender. I was just talking about people. Um, now, let's get to the second part, which I actually felt like was legitimate, more legitimate than her first part, because she's like, why are you doing it for the thank yous? Um, you know, just do it and it won't, your good deed won't go unnoticed. Now, look, I'm just being real. I actually think that's a partially legitimate thing to bring out, especially as a Christian. It's like, yo, Jay. If you opening the door for somebody, bruh, then we don't necessarily do things just to be celebrated and all that. I think there's some legitimacy to that. So I struggle a little bit and maybe, look, I'm just being really transparent. Maybe this is something I got to work on. You know what I'm saying? Because I got to work on stuff. You think this show ain't about me working on stuff too? Well, here you are breaking news. Jermaine is not perfect. No. So maybe I struggle when people are rude to me. Maybe that does something to me. Like, cause, and I'm just being, I really don't like rude people bother me. It's like, bro, I just held the dough and you walked in like I owed it to you. 
And so I struggle between that, like, oh, I'm just going to do this as a Christian, and now people don't have to say thank you to me. I'm just being real. That's a little rough. And maybe it's something I got to pray about or whatever, but it's like, it's kind of rough to be like, yo. So I'm going to just start letting people just like, like maybe, maybe I have to internally not be as bothered by it, but I'm going to say, I still don't think it's right. Because if you flip that around and now you that other person, if somebody opens a door for me or does something for me, I definitely think it's the right thing to do to, you know, say thank you. Um, because I think it's disrespectful otherwise, like just to walk past somebody who does something for you. Um, especially, I'm going to just say this and then we're going to be off of that. Especially when it seems like you purposely didn't say. See, I think it's mm, when you purposely didn't say thank you. Like you got this look on your face like, you know, I'm opening this door. And you just don't want to say it to me. Oh, that made me mad. Hey, that made me mad. All right. We just got social. Thank you. It's time to go. What are you doing here? To another Lavelle, what up, man? What's up, my brother? Well, today we're going to do something different, my brother. Okay. You interviewed me a couple weeks ago. I did. I thought that was dope. Oh, we took no part two. No. Oh, no. Yo, let me just think of some questions. I know whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. There's no part two. I'm, I'm done talking about me. You know, as dope as that was, it's a little tough. I don't know what it is about, like... It's like, it's <laughs> right. tough to kind of talk about myself on uh -huh. my own show. It's just mm -hmm. a little weird. I did think it was necessary. So shout out to you for that. Mm. And much of the same, you know, you've been added to this show as, you know, I don't know. You're, I don't like the word co-host mm -hmm. because that would imply that like equality, like that you're <laughs> equally, you know what I'm saying? You, you got a little segment, you know uh, what I'm saying? You, you, you know what I'm saying? You're a for, guest for host. Now, for now. Uh, you know what? Nah, brother. Anything. Let's I can't let you get parody because then <laughs> it's kind of like a business. Uh, you know, you go in 50-50, then, mm. hey, if, if it goes 51-49, I'm too close to being pushed out of my own show. <laughs> um, so we can't allow that. But I thought it was a dope idea. You are a part of the show now. Um, I'm like, I want to interview Lavelle. Wow. Uh, okay. Let's. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I could see on the look of your face that you're not ready for this at all. Like you have no idea where this is going. <laughs> I don't. I just want to kick it with you because can we look, do it like you know how the president or different people in high places you have to <laughs> they have to screen the questions. Why, why would we can put you, you on the level know? of a president? <laughs> <laughs> I'm an ambassador. You're not even. The, <laughs> hey, glory! You're not even the president of this show. So it's like, <laughs> no, we're not doing that. We're just going to kick it, man. Okay. Um, to be honest, I don't know exactly where it's going to go, but I know some things about you, so I know it's going to be worth the listen. Mm. It's going to be probably a little more interesting than my interview, to be honest. People know I'm a rapper. It's like, oh, yeah, J-Will Music, he freestyles his songs. Oh, yeah, whatever. People are probably looking like, we get it, Jay. Download your music. Search J-Will Music on iTunes and Spotify. Okay, uh, we'll do it. Uh, wow. With you, things are a little different. Mm. First, how did we meet? How did mm -hmm. we, not, not how did we meet. We don't have to go back to how we met. Okay. 
Uh, let me rephrase the question. Mm. How did we become friends? Mm. The people want to know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, you used to come over. You were in a um, group, a uh, um, gospel rap group, and you, your aunt went to the same church as me. So you would come over to... Auntie Peach. Yeah. God rest her soul. Oh, man. Yeah. You used to come over and rap at our church. Now, you're a little, just a little tiny bit younger than me. I'm definitely a lot younger than you, <laughs> but go ahead. But yeah, you used to come over. So I kind of knew you, but I didn't know you. But the way we became friends was um, you were having a concert, and you asked me to MC the concert. And we... Went out to a restaurant to so that you could let me know exactly what you were looking for, which I thought was very strange. I've emceed a lot of programs. Mm -hmm. Never, not one time, did anyone want to anyone want to meet with me before to give me any guidelines. Mm -hmm. Usually, I get there, they hand me a scribbled on piece of paper, <laughs> and they're whispering things from the back of the auditorium, right. and I can't see them. You know, so. Um, but yeah, but you actually wanted to sit down with me and talk to me and give me your vision of the show. And honestly, I think, well, you could probably answer this question better. I think you wanted to fill me out and see what. Yeah. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're going to be stuff like that is important to me. Like mm -hmm. you're going to be the primary voice that people are hearing mm -hmm. at this event that, you know, I'm helping to put on. I'm mm -hmm. a part of. So, yeah, no doubt. So it went well, the event went well, and we just kind of stayed cool, kept in contact, and the rest is history. Why, though? Like, do you know why? Like, why do we stay? Because I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't really know why we became, like, it wasn't a decision. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't yeah. know why we became cool. Do you? I, I, think that, I think that's what makes it genuine, is the fact that it wasn't thought out, it wasn't planned. We just became cool. I, like I said, I knew you. I knew you were a genuine person. I knew you were saved, that you really loved God. And for me, that was enough to to you know build a friendship on. And so now let me say this though. What was ah, so you talked about my auntie Peach and going to that church. Now, you are a lot older than me. It's not a <laughs> so, lot. So so growing up, I used to visit that church every now and then with my mm -hmm. aunt. Mm -hmm. You were the youth pastor, right? At one point. Yes. Or a youth minister or something. Yes, yeah. So, of course, you're a person that if I'm a kid coming to the church, I you used to be doing stuff. Like, you're the person, you were like the teenage dude that was always like, if, right. if the you know, you go pick up a mic. You know, you do random stuff in church. It seemed like you was trying to be seen or something. But I saw you. So, what was weird was when we... Mission accomplished. Exactly. <laughs> Got him. Um, Going to get on a radio show one day. <laughs> That was really the ultimate goal. Right. As a young person, I could see that you were one day going to have a show. So I said, well, let me just befriend him, right. deal with all his ignorance over these next few years so that I can get on the show. That's it. So what was weird, though, when we did start kicking it and just getting to know each other, and for whatever reason, I don't really remember, what was weird was that I already kind of knew you. Like, you didn't know mm. me. You know mm. what I'm saying? Because I was younger coming to the church. Mm. But I saw you, so it, I was familiar with you because my family knows you. Mm. So I think that's part of why I was comfortable. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? Just mm -hmm. like, you know, whatever. Um, I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know how our friendship progressed. But nevertheless, we're here, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, this was, you know, we've been friends for like eight years now, I think. Mm -hmm. 
That yeah, eight year. I think that concert was maybe end of twenty ten. Yep. So now here we are, mm-hmm. eight years. You know, being cool, and you find yourself on this show. Mm-hmm. Now that we are, you know, we know like how we got here. I guess you can kind of say. Mm-hmm. I want to go back and fill in some blanks. Okay. Okay. So when we did start becoming cool, oh, now it's coming back to me. Oh. I know what started to happen. Uh-oh. Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> Remember, you were in EOW at the time. Ah, that's correct. And, you know, the improv, I don't know if you can tell them about EOW yeah. and, and what that was and, and whatever. Absolutely. EOW Productions was actually named after the founder, Eric L. Walker. What up, Eric? He um was He founded a Christian improv and sketch comedy group. So it was kind of like, whose line is it anyway, but the Christian version. And please, people, go to YouTube right after this interview and type in ELW Productions. All one word. You will thank me later. And you can see Lavelle acting a complete. Myself. There you have it. (laughs) All right, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, that was it. Uh, ELW Productions was just an improv and sketch comedy group that I was a part of for, I think we started like in 2004. And end up going to like 2012. Eric ended up moving to Atlanta. So the group kind of, you know, he was, it was his group. So the rest of us, everybody else that was in the group just ended up getting really busy or whatnot. Um, But yeah, that was actually, let me just say this, that really helped me out just as an actor. I remember uh, we were doing the play Perilous Times. That was where I met Eric and John. Okay. And um, I remember we were You met a lot of people at that. During that play. Yeah. I met my wife. I was gonna, Yeah, there yeah, we have it. I right. You talking about Eric and John. I'm trying to like give you the, <laughs> your wife is going to hear this interview. Oh, yeah, my wife. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, EOW, I mean, uh, Perilous Times was a huge part of my life. And it still is, you know, to be honest. Like I said, I met my wife there. I met some some of my closest friends during you that proposed play. to your wife. At the show, at, at the, the show. Fisher Theater, in front, in front of, of a thousand people. Thousand people. Yeah, yeah, that was man, that was amazing. But um, Eric asked me while we were rehearsing for the play. He, he came to me. He said, uh, "I'm thinking about getting a improv and sketch comedy group together, and I wanted you to be a part." This is what I said to him. I said, "Well, let me pray about it." Now, in reality, I had no intentions on praying about it. Lion answer, oh God, man, dude, the answer was no. I do not want to do improv and sketch comedy. That was not my thing. I was a dramatic actor. I was a Sidney Poitier type of actor, you know, in okay. my mind. Sidney out of your mind. <laughs> right. So anyway, I went home and I thought about it. I was like, you know what? I've done drama, uh, but I've never done comedy. And I said, you know what? I'm going to give this thing a try. And that ended up being like one of the best things that ever happened to me in my life. And it, it was it was amazing. It was. And it, it well-rounded me as an actor to know how to interact with people, how to shine, and how to step back and let others shine when it was their moment, not to upstage them and you try to get all the laughs. That was the one thing that really impressed me about that group is that everyone knew when to step back and let others shine. Y'all chemistry was crazy. Y'all were hilarious. Mm. And honestly, like, as I'm thinking through it, I think that's maybe why, you know, we work well together. You're a natural. And so, like, people really don't know the stuff we do on the show. Mm -hmm. Like, we just do it. We've never sat down and, like, (laughs) said, this is what it's going to go. Like, we literally, like, this is how we act. And so, 
like whatever, even the little random shots we take at each other, whatever it may be, this is literally just how we interact. So, yeah. all right, so EOW. So what happens is we, we at, got cool mm-hmm. because you did the concert for me. Now, I don't know how this came about necessarily, but remember you guys at ELW reached out to me yep. to be the guest artist at you guys' event. Yep, it was me. Okay. It was me. Um, I remember because you had started your solo career at that right. point. And Eric was said he wanted to do a musical opening act. And I asked him, I said, does it have to be a singer? He's like, what do you mean? I was like, I know a gospel rapper, and he's dope. you know. And uh, he said, okay, let's do it. He, he trusted me. Wow. Thank God. But yeah, that was how you became so, our opening musical act. And so when I think about it, I think that's how we naturally cultivated our friendship mm-hmm. because y'all were doing a lot of shows over that summer. Mm-hmm. And I was like always there now. And so now in the shows where they would go late, mm-hmm. they were downtown. Of course, we would go grab food afterwards right. and we would literally be out there to like one or two in the morning, Yep, which led to one debate in my household <laughs> until was... I started letting my wife like not that she was never not invited but she's just right. the kind of person that don't necessarily always want to go right but then she I was like just come and then she started coming with us and I remember the day we were in that um that restaurant we used to go to mm-hmm. on Broadway mm-hmm. and we were in there and I was like look at your watch and mm-hmm. she looked and it was two o'clock in the morning yeah, I remember I was like now <laughs> Look Look at what we've done. We went to that show, and we sitting down here. That's it. And it's like the time just gets away from you. So since that day, she was cool. Like, okay, I get what y'all are doing. Right. And um, so, of course, I'm on the show with you guys. I'm seeing y'all every night doing the show. Um, And I think that naturally is where we started keeping, just naturally keeping in touch. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, you had ELW going on, mm-hmm. and there was this one skit <laughs> where you act like, like, walk me through the gas station. Like you, you were like the gas station owner or something. T- tell me what was happening. <laughs> yes. So I, um, I was a gas station owner, an Arabic gas station owner. <laughs> yeah. Had the turban on. It was, you know, it was very racist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there's a, there, I'm, I'm using that term on purpose because it's going to come out in a minute. I'm sure you can't wait to uh, <laughs> yes, say what I you're can, about to say. I cannot wait. But yeah, I was a, an Arabic gas station owner who was trying to act black. Like I had the hip hop gear on and I was trying to talk and you know, the hip hop kind of thing. So go ahead, man. So here's what happened. As I'm (laughs) sitting here watching this skit for the first time, Mm -hmm. I'm like, he is doing a good job (laughs) acting Arabic. In that moment was Mm -hmm. the first time I looked at you and I'm like, yo, he actually looks Arabic. Like, and you, you know, I've worked with a lot of, you know, cultured people, let's mm-hmm, say, right? Mm-hmm. I, I work with a lot of different nationalities through the years, and Arabic being one of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking like, yo, like my man really looked natural. And I don't remember 100% if I came to you after the show or what happened, but I think I was just telling, I, I vaguely remember telling you, like, man, you really did a good job. Like, you legit, like, look and sound. Like uh-huh. naturally Arabic, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And, and 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 why is that? And I said because I'm such a great actor. <laughs> and what you're doing now, and you're, <laughs> and you're lying. <laughs> God's people, that was part one of my two part interview with my co-host Lavelle Neal. So you gotta tune in 
on the next show to see what happens in the rest of this interview. I'm telling you right now, you don't want to miss it. Lavelle is a very interesting guy. Like, he is one of the most interesting people I have ever met in my life. And his story is going to bless you, you know, the more you learn about it. So I promise you it gets better and better and better, you know what I'm saying, as we hear him talk through his story. And, you know, I think it's important as we have this show that you know us and kind of know about how we know each other and all of that. And look, I'm going to be doing more interviews, not necessarily as in-depth as what Lavelle and I did. Um, you know, because we're coming to you every week and, you know, talking to you so much on the show, I figured we needed more in-depth interviews, but I got this idea, right? I might as well just let it out right here. I never let out my segment ideas before I do it. I just drop stuff on y'all. But today's a little different. I have this segment idea called Tinspiration. And here's the idea. I'm literally just going to do 10-minute interviews. Um, with other people and talk about their inspiring stories. Well, it'll be 10 minutes or less. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it'll be a little less than 10 minutes. But the goal there is to really try to hit on some good points and give you some information to inspire you from everyday people um, and let you know that, look, you can find your purpose in Christ Jesus. Now let us get ready to pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. I thank you for these people. I thank you for this show and this opportunity to speak to these people every single week. I don't take it for granted, this opportunity to lead. And, you know, I don't deserve it, Lord. I'm just a regular guy. And I pray for the people out there who feel just as regular as I do and feel like maybe they're not, you know, good enough to lead. But because of you and your spirit and accepting you and salvation through Christ Jesus, you have empowered us to be able to preach the gospel. So I pray for those out there who are trying to find their way and that you guide them through it, Lord, and that we can play a part here at Inspire God's People. And it is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, people, today's J. Will music song of the day is a good one. It's from my very, no, not very first, second solo project entitled Ultrasound. We had fun with this one. My brother Darius James produced it. We went with like a little old school vibe. And I got featuring Sharia Gant, Kiara James, and um, it's called That Flesh. You know what it is. Yeah. 
by J. Will Music, featuring Sharia Gant and Kiara James, produced by Kiara's husband, my little brother Darius James, and it's found on my album, Ultrasound. Go check that out. I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. God's people, thank you for listening to today's show. Look, do you have feedback? You want to let me know what's on your mind? You got a topic you want to hear? Or you just want to let me know what you thought about today's show? It's easy. Shoot me an email. You can catch me at JermaineWilsonMusic at gmail.com. Again, JermaineWilsonMusic. It's all one word. Let me know what you think. And you like this show, don't you? So you know what you want to do? You want to listen to it at work. You want to listen to it in the gym. Do me a favor. Just search Inspire God's People. You can Google it. You can find it on Spotify, iTunes, and anywhere else you listen to music or podcasts. You know what else? You should share this show with someone. Why? Because it's a good show. And if you don't like this show, just act like you like it. 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 Act like you like it.